This is a Nerd and Tie podcast. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and we are back for November with a regular length episode. I know that October giant episodes will spoil you, but instead you'll just have to make do this month with a regular sized dose of whatever the heck this show is. I don't even know sometimes. So... This month, we're talking about something that, well, wasn't originally the topic for this month, and that's why I've stopped announcing what the topics are ahead of time. And that's because I got uh, a message in the contact box from one of the listeners, and uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, what what they said was that they were, they were listening to episode three on the history of Wicca, and they found it uh, kind of deflating. Uh, this person wrote, uh, My question is, how do you get around the fact that the founder of Modern Wicca seems to have made things up as he went along? Doesn't that discredit the whole thing? What convinces you that it is true? So that's a, that's a good question. It's a solid question. And ironically, the day before I got this email was when we recorded the uh, the interview with Bree Nagarin for the, the Halloween episode. And there was a, a little bit of the interview that I cut uh, at the beginning because it was, uh, wasn't the main topic of the show. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that for you now because we were talking about witchcraft books and sources. And it might not seem apparent why that I'm playing this right away, but... I'll make it all make sense afterwards. Trust me. So so here's a little piece of that conversation. Well, I'm very flattered that you, you consider me in that category. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, everything, like, again, it's like, I can recommend good Wicca books, like, off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. even then I'm like, well, this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's you start out in you know I you know I became a witch you know I'm I'm 39 years old I became a witch as a teenager in the 90s and like oh boy you look at those books and some of those resources and they are they are not good <laughs> they are. there 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 is definitely a, a cringe factor in hindsight you kind of go ooh man we've come a long way well because <laughs> I saw your I, I saw your post on Tumblr about like ancient traditions in quotes here and I was just like oh uh-huh. oh the feels that is <laughs> that is oh it's so bad some of this I stuff, know <laughs> I have I have some really bad books <laughs> I, I started out with some really horrible ones too and there there came a point when I was uh my collection was outgrowing my bookshelf and I had to like purge a little bit. And um, 
some of the ones that I picked out, it's like, okay, what, what do I still find useful and what can I maybe, you know, let go of and pass on to someone else? And there were things that were like, my God, <laughs> did I actually believe this or did I just buy it because, you know, it was something that was recommended or, you know, like there, there was stuff that I just like put in the goodwill bin because I didn't want to give it yeah. to anybody. It was just like, oh, Yikes. Yeah, that's even worse, though. Have you seen some, like, I don't know, have you stopped by your local Goodwill and seen some of the witchcraft books you'll find there? It's, uh, I have, I, it's sometimes just a amusing exercise to, to glance at the garbage. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's like the only book from, like, when I was first starting that I still recommend people is Drawing Down the Moon, because even though, like, Margaret Adler had some bias, like, at least, like, that was, like, the first place for me that, like, the, the, that I saw the debunking of the Margaret Murray Great Wicca White Witch Cult of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, all that stuff. And so it's, like, I think it's literally the only book that, like, out of the stuff I bought 20 years ago that I'd still, like, recommend that anybody read. Wow. Would you believe that's, like, the one foundational text I don't own? Really? <laughs> I, I yeah, have, I, I I keep have, having uh, I keep having people say you know you got to get it and I'm like yes and I keep forgetting to put it in my cart. Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, like I've got two different editions of it. I've got an edition from the '90s and then I've got like the 2006 like revision, which was the mm -hmm. last uh, update she did before she died in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's a history. Like even though she is she was a Wiccan, um, she was also a reporter for NPR. Ooh. So, like, it's, like, obviously, like, I know, I know, I know one particular person I know who has, like, some issues with the book, and I don't agree with them, but, like, overall, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Like, I mean, you have to remember, it's being written, everything's written by someone with a point of view, but as soon as you know that point of view, considering, you know, that she pretty rapidly debunks most of the claims about Gardner, and, you know, it's, it's pretty solid. It's it's a history. I, I do I do enjoy a good historical perspective. Like I, the reason why I recommend that book to people is because it helps because it's dec it's it's pretty well researched historically. It you can immediately then tell whether or not an author is full of bullshit. <laughs> if they start yes. presenting things as histories that like no wait, Doreen Valiente wrote that in the sixties. What do you mean it's an ancient traditional text? Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. Like I, like I was saying in that post, you know that this is no longer a pet peeve. It, it sleeps at my feet and wakes me at 3 a.m. for walkies. <laughs> it, yeah, it lives here now. So, back to the present. You may be asking yourself why I bothered to play that in response to this question, but I think it's, it's key. The reason why we have so many problems with witchcraft books and so many problems with uh, keeping things straight is because there, especially in the early beginning of the modern witchcraft movement, there was a fetishization of things being ancient. That we have this desire to see things that are old as authentic. And while it's true, that effectively throughout the history of mankind we have sought some sort of magical connection that there are traditions going back in almost every culture to 
the dawn of mankind of, of people doing some sort of witchcraft. The fact is, is that a lot of what we do in modern witchcraft is, as would imply by the name, modern. It's almost cliche at this point to talk about the stories where uh, in the early days of the modern witchcraft movement, everyone claimed to have a grandmother who taught them their ancient secrets and it was somehow perfect Wicca. And anyone who, who knows the history of the faith, as, as we talked about way back in episode three, a lot of it's kind of impossible. Doreen Valiente complained that um, Alexander's uh, Book of Shadows, the Alexandrian Book of Shadows, had texts that he claimed were ancient, but there were literal things in there that she herself wrote. Now, lying is the problem. Things not being old isn't the problem. Doreen Valiente said, often as a rhetorical question and for many different contexts, well, who initiated the first witch? She used this to respond to closed traditions. She used this to respond to claims of authority. But more importantly, what the question asks is who has the authority to determine what works in the first place? Why would a ritual that was written a thousand years ago be any more effective than a ritual that I wrote last Tuesday? What gave someone trying to create some form of witchcraft hundreds of years ago, obviously not anything remotely modern, but what, what would make their magic more powerful than the spell you just created? There's no reason. Someone, every single thing we do, every single thing we do as humans had to come from some person being the first person to try it. And what's wrong with you being the first person? Now, is this maybe harder to put your faith in something, knowing that it's new and untested? You know, there's there's a desire to see things that are older as tested and more solid. But anyone who has tried to do witchcraft for a long enough period of time can tell you that a spell that works for one person might not work for another. Materials that work for one person may not be available to another. Witchcraft itself involves a lot of improvisation. Now, there are some things, like if you're practicing a religious form of witchcraft, that you may you know, still want to follow certain religious parts of it. But even then... You know, there are so many rituals where one item can be substituted for another item. There are Wiccans who don't use athemas. Like, the magic of 
a solitary, alone in their room, with no tools, is no less legitimate than a Gardnerian coven with their rituals and their specifics and their coven secrets, and both are valid. Let's be really clear, both are valid. Even if neither is actually ancient. When I say that Gardner made a lot up, and so did Valiente, when they, you know, were starting Wicca, and again, for the what the religion is now, I want to give Valiente equal credit. Gardner started Wicca, but she made it what it was. Both of them were improvising. They were refining. They were building upon things they found. They were making things up to fill in the gaps. And making things up and filling in the gaps is... That's really what the core of witchcraft is for me, is that... I don't know. At least... My witchcraft is very improvisational. My witchcraft is very much in the moment. And I know that's not what everybody's like. Some people really want the solid, tested ritual. And sometimes that's available. But you have to remember, even those solid, tested rituals started with someone just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck for them. And anyone who speaks with some sort of authority behind that, who hasn't tested it out themselves, well, I don't know, I kind of look at them sideways, but that's just me. It's important that we don't fetishize things being old as being more authentic. It's important that we don't look at this and, you know, raise our hands, because that's how bad information gets mixed in. That's how bad sources happen. Um, Margaret Murray's Great White Wicca Witch Cult is cited in so much of Gardner's stuff, and it's, we know historically it wasn't real. Like, we know it wasn't a thing. Like, that problem that exists in a lot of early Wicca books is because people really wanted to sell everyone on this being an ancient faith. And it's just, it's so pervasive. It's, authors began to cite each other. Everybody started to collaboratively tell this myth of an ancient faith and try to build it with the mystery. And it just, it does a disservice to all of us when people try to sell that narrative. Like, it doesn't help anyone to put up that kind of bad information and it just spreads because books one guy says it and then this other woman quotes that and then this other guy quotes those two sources and you start seeing what looks like a source trail for just some bs that some guy made up in the first publication that nobody fact-checked you know, I get people asking me every once in a while whether or not X author is good or Y author is bad, and often it's people I haven't read. You know, I haven't read everything. I'm still reading more 
books and, and reading more sources. But for me, again, and I'm decades into my practice, often I'm looking at, you know, people who don't really have any more authority to say this than I do, because frankly, you, the listener, have as much authority to say anything as I do too. Because we're all assembling our practices out of stuff. Some of it's new, some of it's old, and the new stuff isn't any less potent than the old stuff. And so when when this listener asked me, you know, when when they popped into my inbox asking me whether or not Wicca being so so modern and new, you know, whether that discredited the whole thing. And to me, no. 100% not. Because, well, frankly, anyone not willing to make up what they're doing as they go along, well, everything started with someone doing that. Literally everything in human history started with someone doing that. I mean, that's that's how we work. That's how we we build anything. And frankly, if you look at it with perspective, in 2039, 20 years from now, it'll be 100 years since Gardner joined the New Forest Coven. Will that make Wicca feel more authentic? To have a three-digit age? You know, in, in the 2040s, when, when we hit the 100th anniversary of the Gardnerian tradition's founding, will that make Gardnerian Wicca feel more authentic? If 200 years from now, some bozo has dug up archives of this show, and I'm long dead. Will my voice be more important? Will this version of witchcraft that I talk about, or the many versions of witchcraft I talk about, seem stronger 200 years from now? I don't think so. I mean, well, I mean, obviously to someone it will. Because, again, as we've established previously, repeatedly in this episode, anything being said often enough for long enough in history, somehow we just buy into the idea that it's better. But, again, to go back to Dorian Valiente, and it's my favorite quote of hers because I can apply it in so many annoying ways. Who initiated the first witch? had to start somewhere. So why can't your form of witchcraft start with you right now? Why would it be any less authentic for your tradition to start right where you are, right where you're standing right now? Mix and match. Find the things that feel right Find the things that speak to you. It doesn't matter if they're ancient or if they're five minutes old. 
magic doesn't work in specifics. It just doesn't. I mean, your magic may require specifics, but if you think about it, so many of us are practicing in so many different ways, and I'm not here to tell you which one's more valid than the other. And anyone who thinks they have that kind of authority, just, uh, well, tell them to shut up. Because they don't. Everyone's magic works differently. Everyone's magic works in different ways. And we're all doing it at the same time. So. Who gets to claim that anyone else is wrong? I mean, there are, there are wrong ways to do things in the sense that they may be, like, you know, morally wrong. Like, borrowing something from a closed tradition that's incredibly disrespectful. I mean... The magic might still work, but you're kind of being a dick. You know. I don't know. Thank you guys for coming back to yet another month of this escapade. You know, uh, this entire topic really became the topic because of a contact message from a listener like you. If you want to write into the show, if you go to bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com and click on the contact link there, there's a nice form you can fill out, and uh, what you write in might end up uh, becoming another thing that I meander about for 20 minutes at the end of the month. Remember that this show is supported by listeners like you. If you would like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash t-r-a-e-g-o-r-n and contribute if you want. Um, remember, this show is uh, part of the Nerdentine network of shows. Uh, also on the Nerdentine network is Stormwood and Associates, our actual play podcast. And uh, you can find out more information about that at nerdentine.com slash stormwood. And uh, it's a show set in... It's an actual play podcast using the Super Awesome Action Heroes game system set in an alternate world, uh, but it's a modern setting, just with a lot of fantasy tropes and magic and explosions. It's really fun, and I'm one of the players, and I GM most of the time, so it's, uh, it's a show you should listen to if you like that kind of show. Remember, you can find this show on the web at bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com or at our Nerd and Tie site, nerdandtie.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. You can follow the show on social media. On Twitter, I'm at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. On Tumblr, I'm T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. And on Facebook, the page for this show is facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. Um, remember, you can subscribe to the show, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, um, and lots of other places, and anything you can take an RSS feed, which you can find that link on both uh, the nerdentie.com site and at bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com. And I want to thank you guys for, you know, coming along for this little journey. And uh, until next time, my chickens.